Welcome back, people. Welcome back. I want to lie and say I took some time off, but let's be real. I'm black. Better late than never, huh? No, but seriously, though. I hope y'all enjoyed your Christmas. If you celebrate that or whatever, insert holiday here. Hope y'all had a safe new year. Bring in 2022 with confidence and so forth. Blah, 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 blah. I want to thank you all as well for making my 2021 a success with this short-lived podcast. If it wasn't for Facebook and my sister, I wouldn't I wouldn't have even started this and accumulated a small following that I do have. So I want to personally thank you all for coming through and listening to your boy while being petty. I think I'm going to start re-recording the shows with a background or something like that for YouTube try to increase listeners, you know, if, if only just for, you know, a little, but yeah, you know, thank you all. Hopefully I get this thing bigger in 2022 and hopefully this will be a bigger project while keeping this ball rolling. Thank you all. Lord, we have a lot to talk about. I'm gonna try to get to it all today. I'm gonna try. Let's face it. I'm probably not. How else will I get you all to listen to the next show? So there you go. But um, peep this out. I love how I still get told I'm a cop lover, closed minded, don't like the truth, hate black people, hate black women, whatever. See, what people fail to realize is whenever I come on here and say, you know, whatever it is I, I say, I'm never exactly told I'm wrong about anything. Never. The only clapbacks I get is not all, not all men, not all women, not all blacks, not all whites. But the fact that that's so many people's only argument to me, their um, quote unquote go to proves that you see the things I talk about within society and around you. You yourself just choose to ignore it and attempt to debate someone speaking in generalizations. Y'all act like y'all know what the word generalize mean. It's crazy to me. We all generalize police, right? I generalize us. Say one thing about pathetic moms. Y'all say, not all. Well, nigga, are you a bad mom? No, shut the hell up. But I say something about you absentee fathers, they say, stay on their necks. Tell the truth. Like, really? If the shoe don't fit, nah, you know the rest. If you don't eat bread, why are you making a sandwich? If you can't swim, why are you jumping in the deep end? You understand why I'm getting that? But without people like that, there wouldn't be the Prince of Petty. With that being said, Disclaimer, this may be another one of those episodes that you may want to turn the volume down if you're around people, you know, put your earbuds in if you don't want people to know what you're listening to, because I'm going to say some things, especially about our people, that's going to sting. I'm going to try my hardest to hold back. If you don't like it, feel free to hit the exit button on your app. Whatever app it is you listen to me on. Hit the X button. But if you're coming in with an open mind and open eyes, by all means, welcome. 
This is the Black Hypocrisy Podcast. I'm your host, the Prince of Petty. This is the first show of 2022, and we are about to do the damn thing. All right, all right, all right. This that part where you treat me like porn. Put on your buds, turn the volume down, have you hide me, because this is something I'm very passionate about and believe needs to change ASAP. A lot of these news reports. So here we are. This might be one of my longest episodes I do. I don't know. I'm still getting this thing together, still getting this podcast thing down, packed, you know, time scheduling and things of that nature. I'm still trying to get this. Um, Today I have like three or four news reports I want to talk about. Two is where being negligent parents goes horribly wrong. One is a police shooting. And the other is why I don't trust niggers. Yes, I said that with the hard R, niggers. I don't trust them. Never will. But we're going to get into that. Um, we're going to start this off with the uh, police shooting. Very tragic. Very horrible situation. In Los Angeles, a 14-year-old young lady shot and killed by the evil Decepticons. I mean, police. That was a Transformers reference. Yay, my first reference in 2022. And it had to be something geeky. But yeah, whatever. The Decepticons, I mean, the Transformers, uh, I mean, the police. Yeah. A 14 year old young lady was shot and killed by police in, get this, a dressing room in the Los Angeles Burlington. A big ass Burlington. We don't have those in the South. <laughs> now, I bet y'all wondering, how the hell did that happen? Or. What exactly did she do? Well, how it happened, cop doing his job, plain and simple. I explain, so bear with me. What did she do? Absolutely nothing. This was an unfortunate case of wrong place, wrong time. I am wholeheartedly, deeply saddened by the loss of that young lady's life. But it's not a reason for minorities and cop haters to go around pointing the finger saying, see, cops are bad. Defund the police. He shouldn't have shot her. Well, stupid. If you sit back and get the information first, you'll see that it was literally a mistake. Now, I know what y'all going to also say. Justice was served with the cop who killed Deontay Wright. She mistook her gun for a taser. She was found guilty. She going to jail. Well, that's a different situation and a different type of mistake under different circumstances. And I told you all in the past episode, I shunned that cop. She deserves everything she gets. She deserves all the time she gets. But <laughs> I'm a I dick ride for the cops. Yeah, whatever. This situation here. This one, it's different. Let's go to the news report, shall we? I think I have two queued up, so let's hear those. A 14-year-old girl with her mom trying on dresses at a store late last week. A short time later, she is gone, killed, officials believe, 
by a stray police bullet. It happened in Los Angeles, but the story has drawn national attention for so many reasons beyond just the sheer horrible fact of a life taken so randomly so young. Late today, the LAPD released new body cam videos showing the moments before Valentina Oriana Peralta was shot and killed. And we're going to show you a portion now and a warning. Uh, this is not easy to watch. Assault suspect was shot and killed by police. CNN senior national correspondent Kyung La joins us now with the latest. Kyung, I, I can't imagine what it's like covering this story. This is just an unspeakable tragedy. Um, and there are some very serious questions for the LAPD. This video being released by the LAPD. Walk us through how all of this unfolded. Uh, this video was released just a short time ago, Jim, and, and we want to remind you that this is video from the perspective of the LAPD. Uh, this was video that the LAPD released very quickly because they wanted the community to understand the mindset of law enforcement. Police were responding to reports, uh, multiple reports, of a possible shooting in progress at a Burlington store the day before Christmas Eve. The police released 911 calls. They released that body camera video that you just showed. And they also released surveillance video. And on that surveillance video, you can see that this man who's acting erratically is swinging a bike lock, one of those solid metal bike locks. He attacks three different women. He attacks one woman so severely that her face is bloodied. He pulls her hair, and that is on the surveillance video. What The reason why law enforcement released this is that they wanted you to understand what they were encountering. They found this woman who was bloody, and then the assailant a short distance away. We want to play that video for you one more time. A reminder, it is very difficult to watch. body camera, Jim, is that there is a woman screaming. You can hear this woman's voice. Um, there was on the other side of that wall that police were firing towards that assailant. One of those bullets had skipped off the floor, penetrated a dressing room, and on the other side of the dressing room was 14-year-old Valentina Orejana Peralta. She, according to her family in Chile, was in the arms of her mother, she, they were praying, they were cowering in that dressing room when the shooting happened. Jim? And, and what more do we know about this, this girl? Um, I mean, it just, just uh, breaks your heart to hear about this. 
I mean, what we know about her is just little uh, snips and pieces that we're gathering from our affiliates in, in Chile, that uh, she is originally from there. The family says that um, she had come to America to try to improve her life and that they could not imagine that this would happen. The family, the mother and the father. Okay, 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 okay. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. Let's get into it. body cam video showing the frantic moments leading up to the shooting death of a 14-year-old girl by an officer who was firing at a suspect just two days before Christmas. And here's a portion of the footage. We want to warn you, it is disturbing. shows a man acting violently inside the store. You can see him swinging a metal bike lock at a woman and then pulling her by her hair, continuing to strike her until she's bloody. That suspect was shot and killed by police. But with more on all of this, let's bring in Sergeant Cheryl Dorsey. She's a retired LAPD sergeant and author of a new book called The Confidence Chronicles, the greatest crime story never told. And CNN senior legal analyst and former federal prosecutor, Ellie Honig. Great to see you both. Sergeant Dorsey, let's start with you. The suspect was also hit and died at the scene. A steel or metal cable lock was found near his body. No firearm was recovered. Do you find any fault with what the officers did here? Should the officer have fired the weapon? I don't find any fault with what the officers did. They uh, deployed tactically. They communicated continuously, and they gave the suspect an opportunity to surrender. They announced that they were coming up on the second floor, suggested that he make himself visible and surrender, and he did none of that. And while it's tragic that this young girl lost her life, there's no way to know that she was on the other side of that wall. We saw that for the most part, there weren't any patrons or customers up there on the second floor. And so let's not forget that there was a young woman who we saw just moments before being savagely beaten by this man with this chain with a lock on the end of it. And while it's not a gun, be clear, that's a deadly weapon. He could have easily killed her. No question about it. And just as clear is the just heartbreaking tragedy of this young girl's death. Ellie, what's your reaction to Sergeant Dorsey saying there was no fault with the officers here? Is it possible even still that the officer could face criminal prosecution? Well, John, prosecutors will, of course, have to do a complete investigation, but my initial instinct based on what we know so far is very similar to Sergeant Dorsey's. Of course, this is an unthinkable tragedy. The law in California says that a police officer is entitled to use lethal force to discharge his or her weapon if it's necessary to prevent imminent, meaning immediate, threat of death or great bodily injury. And I think the video image that we've seen shows that these police officers walked into the scene of a rampage. This individual, uh, the, Mr. Lopez is, is his name, he was on a rampage. He was hitting people with a heavy metal object, which, as, Cheryl, as Sergeant Dorsey noted, can do real damage. They walk right past a bloodied woman. So it's a tragic situation. We have to get all the facts. But I do think that ultimately the shooting will be ruled a justified shooting by the police. And, and what's that process for determining if the officers acted reasonably under the circumstances? Yeah, so under the law, you have to look at what the officer reasonably knew at that moment. The law actually says 
you can't go back and use sort of perfect hindsight and say, well, for example, there was this person, this young woman behind the wall there. There's no way, based on the evidence we've seen, that the officers could have known that. Police and prosecutors have to get every bit of evidence here. They have to run the ballistics. They have to review every second of surveillance video, of body cam video. They have to interview everyone who was there, police officers, bystanders, get the complete picture, and then they'll make their legal conclusion. Now, Sergeant Dorsey, put us in the police officer's shoes. This is a clothing store open during shopping hours, middle of a busy holiday season. So what's the protocol when it comes to assessing that kind of environment and ensuring that others are not in the line of fire, understanding that there was no way to see the young girl and her mother behind that wall? Well, we can hear the officers as they are on scene asking uh, some of the people who are either exiting the store or working in the store, are there any customers upstairs? They knew he was on the second level. And so they're being observant as they're going up the escalator to that second level and they're perusing their uh, environment. They're looking left to right as they're walking, uh, trying to locate the suspect. And you don't see anyone until they encounter the victim. And so what's in the mind of the officers in that moment? They're responding to a code three call. That means red lights and siren, shots fired, possibly an active shooter. That's what was in the mind of the officers. The suspect hitting this woman with that uh, that lock probably sounded to the witnesses like gunfire. And that's what the officers were responding to when they encountered the suspect. Now, I give you, there was some distance between them, but they did not have concealment. There was a clothing rack between the officers and the suspect. Had he been armed, as they were told and believed, he certainly could have done great damage to the officers, fatally wounding one of them had they not acted in the manner that they did. So, Ellie, briefly, what's next in this investigation? What's the process? Yeah, so state investigators will get involved now because there was a fatality. They'll do their findings. Look, they need to be transparent here. They need to be accurate, and they need to move quickly here. Ultimately, a prosecutor at the state AG's office and the local prosecutors will sit down and make a determination whether to put the case in front of a grand jury and whether to seek an indictment or not. Now, by all means, I tell you all to look up anything it is I'm talking about. So you can see the news reports, the videos, body cams, whatever the case may be, yourself. With that being said, in the body cam, you all can't see it, of course, but there was no way on earth he could have known there was people in the dressing room. The lady said the cop's heads were on swivel. We can't see that in the body cam because the body cam is placed on the cop's chest. Duh. But what you don't see as the cops are coming in is a ghost town. There wasn't that many people up there on the second floor of that Burlington. Now, maybe in their minds, everyone ran away. That's why the attorney said with the investigation, they had to go on the knowledge known to the police at that point in time. We can't watch the video and say, Oh, they should have held his fire. Uh, uh, he should have cleared the rooms. Blah, blah, blah. Yakety smackety. The cops saw the perpetrator directly in front of them and they acted accordingly. Given the clear, visible damage and blood of the civilian, of the victim, on top of the original 911 call. Explain to me how that's dick riding on the police. I'll wait. 
We as people have to stop being so quick to disparage law enforcement because when the smoke clears and the dust settles, that same white man or white cop or cop or firefighter is the first person you would call in a situation in which they're needed. This is a sad case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's it. Tragic. The young lady lost her life. Absolutely. But I'm not going to sit here and place total fault on the police. I'm not. I can't. The only thing I say is he should have used his Glock. That's it. Maybe that nine millimeter bullet wouldn't have penetrated that cement ass wall. As opposed to the long gun he used. That's it. I call out the police when it's time to call them out on the big bullshit. But I sympathize when it's time to sympathize. I sympathize with the mom losing her child. But I also sympathize with the cop because he now has to live with taking the child away from the family all while literally doing his job. It's messed up for real. So I implore you all to look that up and and come to your own conclusions but that that's my conclusion i don't think the cop did anything wrong they were on the other side of a wall that the cop couldn't see through he's not a superhero he doesn't have x-ray vision it's impossible one of his bullets missed the target went through the wall killed a young lady yes it is tragic but knowing civilians this is just going to be another situation where Los Angeles taxpayers now has to pay an exorbitant fee for this cop doing his job. So I'm done with that. Let's go on to the next story. This uh, man, I don't know. This is a tough one. This story here is why I tell everybody who tells me drive uber and drive lyft and all that shit i'll never do it no never nope i don't like individuals like that i don't like people i don't trust niggas to be all up in my car and junk let alone around me in general nope not having it so in the south side of chicago let's stop right there mistake number one doing uber in chicago that's like running through a third world country in Africa with a bucket of chicken on your back. <laughs> Fuck y'all, that was funny. But yeah, that was mistake number one. Mistake number two, picking up niggas in Chicago. Whatever happened to you after making these two mistakes in Chicago happens. Not sorry. <laughs> but 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 serious, on serious note. In Chicago on the south side. A 52-year-old man, not 32, not 22, not 42, 52 years old. This man was driving Lyft, and he picked up two black females. Mistake number three. <laughs> nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. In the midst of him being 52 years old, I got to keep putting emphasis on that, 52 and being these two females Lyft driver at the time, they were shot at. I know what y'all are probably thinking. In Chicago, that's not surprising at all. But it's what happened after that ticked me off. And have me talking 
about it here. Let's go to the news report, shall we? A rideshare driver is taking legal action tonight after he was shot at while on the job last month. Pictures show the damage caused by that gunfire. Amazingly, neither the driver nor his passengers were injured in the shooting. But after that shooting, the driver was beaten by a group of people. The entire incident was captured on dash cam video. We do want to warn you that some of that video might be hard for some people to watch. ABC 7's Liz Nakey has more on the lawsuit being filed tonight and the dash cam video that captured the attack. The driver's dash cam starts on this ride. It's about 3 a.m. on December 19th, showing a female passenger slouched in the back seat, whispering on her cell phone. Another passenger, who you can't see in the dash cam video, is hiding on the floor of the car. Within 30 seconds, an SUV behind the lift pulls alongside them, and someone starts firing into the vehicle. Bullets shatter the windshield and startle the driver and both passengers, but the gunfire did not hit anyone inside the car. Hurry up! Drive back! As the passengers repeatedly scream at the driver to speed up and keep going. You can actually see in the video that my client is on the phone thinking quickly. He followed his training from Lyft to contact their emergency hotline immediately so that the authorities could be notified and that the vehicle could be tracked and therefore help provided. The driver keeps going through the south side neighborhood. The passengers are screaming at him to drive as fast as he can. You can see him fleeing the scene. The SUV is still following. Eventually, he makes it to the destination with the passengers in his car, hoping and believing that the police are going to be there waiting for him. Instead, there are no police. The passengers bail out of the car, and then about two or three men punch the male driver over and over again before he's able to speed off with shattered windows and a badly beaten face. Lyft said in a statement they've reached out to the driver to offer their support and will cooperate with the police investigation that's already underway. The attorney for the driver says that litigation is pending and the driver is still recovering from physical and emotional injuries. Huh, there's a jet flying above my head right now in the background. I hope y'all don't hear that. Or if you do, I deeply apologize. But that was a news report. They talked about lift training as if this 52-year-old-ass man went to a training class to drop off someone someplace. A damn orientation for lift. I'm sorry, that was funny. Okay, well, look. In the video, one girl is slouched down. As if she's trying to not be seen. Red flag. The news told you the other girl is on the floor of the SUV. Red flag. But what they don't tell you on news is that the bitch on the floor is on the phone with the niggas who was coming to shoot up the car. Also, what they did not say on television is that the broads were involved in the aftermath beatdown. We heard the news. Let's read the article. An attorney for a Lyft driver claims the company left his client to fend for himself after a gunman shot at the driver and his two passengers, shattering his car's back window in Woodlawn on the south side of Chicago last month. Attorney Brian Greening released two videos he said were taken by the driver's dashboard camera early on December 19th. They show the driver speeding through traffic 
as he repeatedly tries to contact Lyft's emergency team, then ducking along with the two backseat passengers as shots are fired from an SUV. No one was hit by the gunfire, but the driver was later beaten by friends of the passengers when he dropped them off, according to the videos. Lyft released a statement Tuesday evening saying, safety is fundamental to Lyft, and the incident described as deeply concerning. We, we have been in touch with the driver to offer our support and stand ready to assist law enforcement with their investigation. Greening said he plans to file a lawsuit against the company. The driver does not want to be identified. The 52-year-old driver's dash cam video starts when he picked up the two passengers near the University of Chicago. One female passenger can be seen slouched down in the back seat, whispering on her cell phone. Another passenger, who you can't see on the video, is hiding on the floor of the car on the phone. Within 30 seconds, an SUV behind the lift pulls up alongside of them and someone begins firing shots. Bullets shatter the windshield and startle the driver and both passengers, though none of them were actually hit. Go, 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 uh, that's, that's, that's what she said. Can you go faster, please? Go, uh, one of the passengers screams over and over according to the video. As he speeds off, the driver notifies Lyft's emergency team through the Rideshares app, as he's been caught, as he's been trained to do. Help me call the police, he tells a safety agent. You can, you can hear that in the video. You can actually see in that video that my client is on the phone, Grinning said. Thinking quickly, he followed his training from Lyft to contact their emergency hotline immediately so that the authorities could be notified and the vehicle could be tracked, therefore help provided. As the driver keeps going, the SUV keeps following. Eventually, he makes it to the destination with the passengers in his car, hoping and believing that the police are going to be there waiting for him. <laughs> Mind you, he's in Chicago. Nah, that wasn't going to happen. But there are no police in the 6500 block of South King Drive. The passengers bail out of his car and then two of the three men punch the male driver over and over again before he's able to speed off with shattered windows and a badly beaten face. Greening said one of the passengers may have also been involved. Maybe it was the bitch on the phone. Who knows? <laughs> duh, duh, duh. Of course it was the bitch that was on the phone. Police confirmed that they are investigating the shooting and, and the beating, but released no other details. The dash cam footage is Exhibit A on how rideshare companies fail their drivers. I'm, I'm, I'm reading all that shit. Rideshare apps don't 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 not help their drivers. They can't help their goddamn drivers. You're allowing strangers into your vehicle upon your own free will in hopes of making somewhat of a wage. That's what taxi drivers do. You're on your own, pal. That's that's the type of fuck shit that happens. That's the type of shit that happens. This, ladies and gentlemen, is why I don't trust niggers. There's that hard R again. I ain't going to be happy till my damn podcast get taken down. But I got to talk to y'all like this. I got to keep it real. I got to keep it 100. I got to keep it raw.
I get discouraged when I go to a restaurant. I get a black waitress or a black waiter. Like, like, nigga, don't talk to me like we in the streets. Do your job. How many of y'all had a black server and they checked on you once, bought you one refill and disappeared off the face of the earth? I've had it happen multiple times. Um, nigga, I like Coke. I like alcohol. You better come back here. Don't play with me if you want this tip. Shit. But that's crazy. Set this two bitches, black bitches, set this 52-year-old man up to be robbed and or killed. You don't even know that man. Y'all called for Uber because your broke ass don't have a car. Lyft or whatever the fuck it is they call and said, we gonna rob the next person we get. Really? I heard the headline while well, I read the headline and I said to myself, yep, this has got to be Chicago. And boom, here we are. And they're not going to find them. I'd be surprised if they do. In Chicago, more niggas walk free than they catch. That's how bad Chicago is. They ought to just nuke it. Like start over. Leave that bitch a smoldering crater. Like Vegeta used the Big Bang attack. Dragon Ball Z reference. Just erase it and start over. But I hope they all get caught. The man had a dash cam, so he got the females' faces. He got he got those two guys' faces. I hope they get caught, because it's some bullshit. And that's why I don't trust niggas. I don't. Sorry, I just don't. That's why I never drove Lyft, I never drove Uber, and never will. But that was that story. Um, I got the meat and potatoes coming up. I'll be back after a brief word from our sponsor, Anchor. I wish it was Disney, but beggars can't be choosers. But there you go. Damn right. I ain't in the smoke of weed pipes. I like beer, dark and light. Copenhagen pouch tight. Damn right. I don't give a fuck if I'm light. Yeah, I vote for Trump twice and I would do it third time. Damn right. Pittsburgh is where I reside. Never running from a fight. Doesn't matter what the size. Damn right. Yes, I'm proud of my star stripes. You don't like the way it's going, goes the way you might like. Damn right, these boots are getting so tight. My mind's gone, it feels like I'm working day and night. And the stress is so damn high. But I know my music waits for me and it's all high. Damn right, everything's fine. Damn right, yeah, damn right. Can't believe this cold and retro world that me something special. Synthesizes instrumentals, rocket toss and heavy metals. I see through these petty bitches, arguments and drooping that has never let the shit upset me. Truly notice something better. Who's the guy to say the striving won't make any tiny difference? They're the ones inside unhappy marriages with grimy bitches. Bunch of kids you did it want, but did it cause your bitch insisted. Look at me and get disgusted, wishing that you kept your vision. Damn right. I ain't in the smoking weed pipes. I like beer, dark and light, Copenhagen pouch tight. Damn right. I don't give a fuck if I'm like, yeah, I'll vote for Trump twice and I would do a third time. Damn right. Pittsburgh is where I reside. Never running from a fight. Always keep the hair spiked. Damn right. Yes, I'm proud of my star stripes. You don't like the way it's going. Go somewhere you might like. Damn right. These boots are getting so tight. My mind's gone. It feels like I'm working day and night. And the stress is so damn high. But I know my music waits for me and it's all. Damn right.
top I finally see this life in order Bitch, I'm used to being poor And that's just born, it's kind of boring Most these people that you see These humans don't pursue their passion They just follow what they call the blueprint And their life is mapping Every time I get the same reaction When I say I'm rapping They're too dumb to get it So they're laughing like some stupid faggots That was Z-Blood, damn right. You know where you can find that song. Z-Blood on YouTube, at Z-Blood. Instagram, same thing, Z-Blood, Z-E-E-B-L-U-D. That's one word, Z-Blood. So, now that we got all that out the way, let's get to the meat and potatoes. I might go kind of hard. I don't know. Depends on how I feel. Depends on how, how animated or how into it I get. So it might be, it might go kind of hard. I don't know yet. But I got two news reports right here. First, we're going to look at Philly, where a fire breaks out. And get this. Nah, nah, scratch that. You know what? I'm going to let the news anchor tell you. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Well, we're hearing more from the loved ones who were lost in the fatal Fairmount fire earlier this week. It comes as investigators remain at the scene to figure out what went wrong. Our Jeff Cole has been on the story from the very beginning. He joins us live now. Jeff, what are you learning today? Well, we know today that investigators certainly remain on the scene, as you said, Chris. In fact, today we actually saw them sifting through debris in an apparent attempt to find evidence here. Meanwhile, about a block from me at a school that some of the children who perished actually attended, a grieving families continue to gather there, and they speak to their Lord, and they grieve together as this tragedy continues on. On North 23rd Street, now dusted with snow and ice, investigators clad in white sift blackened debris for clues to the tragedy. In Jesus' name, I pray, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. A block away, the Robinson family huddle against the biting cold and call out to their God. Howard Robinson, the fiancé of Rosalie McDonald, is in the hospital recovering from his fight to escape the fire, while McDonald and their children, in photos provided by the family, never got out. He just can't believe that his, his, his fiancé, his wife, and all, and all his children are gone. Yeah, I can't even imagine to begin how he feels, so... You know? The Robinsons stood near a local school where the grieving have come to share their sorrow and memorials grow. Losing so many kids is just devastating. 
North 23rd is clogged with vehicles of investigators pouring through the three-story brick home where 12 died, eight of them children. Court documents reveal a five-year-old playing with a lighter may have ignited a Christmas tree touching off the inferno, but an official cause has not been found, and it could be weeks before it's released. Investigators do know the smoke detectors in the housing authority-owned home were silent. If the fire marshal determined uh, as a result of this fire that they were not in fact working or they were not in fact operational, um, it would be that they were tampered with. The PHA says 20 people were approved to live in the two apartments while investigators say 26 were actually living there. I've been around for 30, 35 years now and this is probably one of the worst fires I've ever been to. While investigators work, families grieve. What are your thoughts now that they're, that they're gone, that they've perished, that you won't see them again? Um, I don't have any thoughts right now. It's, it's, it's just like a really numbing feeling. We've heard that from other families as well. It has been, of course, a very sad and tragic week in this community. The families are clearly relying on their faith, while investigators, of course, lean on their expertise to find out exactly what went wrong here. Live in Fairmount, I'm Jeff Cole, Fox 29 News. Now, y'all heard that. Two units, 24, 26, however many motherfuckers. 12 people dead. Eight out of the 12 were children. The other four adults. They saying the smoke detectors didn't work. That's a goddamn lie. Because anyone who knows Negroes has been to somebody's house, watched a Facebook video, been on a phone, and heard that godforsaken beep. Bitch, that means you simply need to change the battery. Anywhere I lived, when I hear that beep, it drives me insane. God, I can't stand it. I'm getting mad. Just, I'm getting mad just talking about that goddamn beep. I get up sometimes out of my sleep. I have to find it. I'll stand underneath that bit just to see if I found the right one. Take it down and change the battery. Living with that sound is like. Like living with that sound is like living next door to Gilbert Gottfried, the most annoying voice on the planet. You ever seen Aladdin? Remember that red parrot, Iago? Well, the voice actor for that parrot was Gilbert Gottfried. Hold on. Hold on real quick. Hold on one second. Hold on. See his voice? Oh my God. No, 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 no. No, I can't do it. Just like his voice, I hate the sound of that beep from those things. That is like one of the most annoying sounds on the planet. I can take nails on a chalkboard before I could take that goddamn beep. But then most niggas seem to be seem to be immune to that sound for some reason. That's why we have the situation like this. 
instead of changing the damn batteries, you now almost kill everyone in the fucking building. Howard Robinson, fiance of Rosalie McDonald, they mentioned her in the in the news report. Howard Robinson was her fiance. He got out. Rosalie McDonald, six kids. They're dead. How the hell did he get out? I don't know. But guess what? His entire family is gone. How the hell did he manage that? The average man would have gotten out at least four of the six kids and his PlayStation. Believe that, though. That nigga ran. I don't care nobody say. He smelled smoke and got the fuck out of Dodge. Not sorry. The fiance and all six kids. No way. First time, first time ever a black man outlives his entire family. Literally. And y'all say we don't have accolades. Shit. Look at Howard Robinson. How the hell he got out of that damn apartment and nobody else in his family did. That, that escapes me. It bothers me. There was a man there fathering his kids and hers because let's keep it real. All six of them kids wasn't his. Maybe two, maybe three, not all six. Dude, you couldn't change the damn batteries in the smoke in the smoke detector. I'm pretty sure it was multiple of them. You couldn't change the batteries in those. I'm really lost about this. Y'all like y'all just walked around hearing that beep for God knows how long until the battery just rolled over and died completely. Either that or y'all took the damn things off the ceiling. Because remember, at the end of the news report, dude said they were probably tampered with. The other unit involved in the fire that that was burned up um, from. Uh, from um, Mr. Robinson apartment, the other unit, get this had upwards of 18 people living in it. God damn. I'd love to see that floor plan. I would pay money to see that floor plan. Ridiculous. 18 motherfuckers. Jesus Christ. Y'all was literally sleeping up in the China style, like on top of each other. All these people between two apartments quote-unquote claim the smoke detectors didn't work. Yet I bet any money, they just needed fucking batteries. But yeah, 12 people, 8 kids, 4 adults, dead. 6 of the 8 children from one man's entire family. Now, I talked about Philly. Let's go to New York. The Bronx, if you will. I'm not even going to say shit. I'm going to let the news do it. We do begin with three.
breaking news, the devastating fire breaking out in a high-rise apartment building in the Bronx right here in New York City, killing at least 19 people, including nine children. More than 40 other victims injured, including 13 sent to the hospital in life-threatening condition. Fire officials say an electric space heater malfunctioned, sparking the flames in a third-floor duplex apartment. About 200 firefighters responding to the scene. The mayor says some of them pushed through the smoke even though their oxygen tanks were empty. He's calling this one of the worst fires in modern New York City history, and he says the city will help the largely Muslim community recover. ABC's Janae Norman leads us off from the scene. Tonight, 19 people, including nine children, are dead, and more than a dozen people are fighting for their lives after a five-alarm fire broke out in this apartment complex in the Bronx in New York City. Fire is on the third floor of a one-nine-story occupied MV. Officials say the fire broke out just before 11 a.m. Sunday morning on the third floor. The smoke spreading quickly throughout all 19 stories of the building. Oh, the fire up there too! Look out! Many residents trapped inside their apartments, blinded by smoke. I panicked. I was scared. I was really scared. I was scared. I mean, that smoke really hit me. By the time I got to the exit and I had the mask on, I couldn't even see. More than 200 firefighters on the scene within minutes, smashing out windows and evacuating residents on stretchers. Who was sleeping then? My kids screamed, say fire, fire. Mamadou Wagwe says his daughter woke him up, saying a mattress in their apartment was on fire. Oh, it's a lot of smoke. You can't see nothing. Sanchez Guillermo says he and his son waited for help in their 16th floor apartment for an hour and a half. I was thinking they, they never going to arrive. New York City Mayor Eric Adams saying this is one of the worst fires in recent history. With something like this, it's the city. Uh, it's going to take us a long time to recover it. Our hearts certainly go out to those families, and let's get right to Janae Norman from the scene in the Bronx. Janae, the mayor says this is one of the deadliest fires in the city in 30 years. What do we know about how this happened? Well, Lindsay's absolutely devastating. Officials are pointing to a door left open that likely contributed to the smoke spreading so quickly throughout the high-rise. The fire commissioner says that fire likely started from a malfunctioning electric space heater. Tonight, the governor and mayor offering assistance to those residents. Lindsay. Janae, thank you. So there you have it in the news report. A space heater sparks a malfunction. Okay. The guy interviewed says his kids woke him up saying a mattress was on fire. Okay. Let's look at the context clues. Nigga, it came from your apartment. Your dumbass or one of your dumbass kids got the damn space heater right next to the fucking mattress. It's a space heater, fool. Give it some space. All these people are dead because of your dumbass family. What was his name again? Uh, look, look, look. Mama, Mama, do Mama, Mami Doy. I, I, I can't pronounce it. But, but, but what the fuck? They say a door left open contributed to the smoke spreading as fast as it did. Yeah, his goddamn door. Whatever the fuck his name is, his family got out. Ain't tell the other people shit, apparently. He never said in an interview he ran through the hallway yelling fire and bamming on people's doors 
and shit like that. 19 people, bro. 19. Nine of which were children. I have some mean and belligerent things to say, but I'm not. Because this was my first time hearing that particular news report. A space heater, nigga? A mattress caught on fire? Clues. People context clues. The heater was damn near touching the mattress. Come on, man. But I lumped these last two stories together for a reason. Negligence. Those people, let alone eight kids in Philly, had no business being burned alive. Because this lazy group of motherfuckers couldn't do something as simple as provide batteries for a smoke detector. How many of y'all listening to this with that cocksucking beeping right now? Go change your damn batteries. It might save your life. I watched this skit once on um on Facebook, on the Facebook videos or some shit. I couldn't even watch it. I couldn't even think it was funny because it had that damn smoke detector beep in the background all throughout the damn video. So people trying to get famous whilst being ratchet. Change your batteries, nigga. Even the man at the at the very end of the news video said they were probably tampered with. That tells me they went as far as to taking the things down from the ceiling. Then on top of that, eight of y'all in one apartment. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a seven bedroom, I'm sure. At what point were y'all going to say we got enough kids? Six kids, two adults living in a damn apartment. Why? Then going back to New York, no reason 19 people in the Bronx should have lost their lives because of your impatient, reckless ass kid was cold. Couldn't use the space heater in the right way to where it'll warm the room. Nope. Had to post it up literally next to the mattress. Practically in the bed with him or her. For that thing to set fire to the mattress itself, do you know how close that had to be? For him to have had this little burn on his nose in the news report, that's it. Assuming he probably tried to pull out the fire with a pillow or some stupid shit like that. Boop, burned his nose. Him and his family got out. What about the other 19? The other nine kids that didn't. Because your dumb ass didn't want to follow precautionary measures with a fucking space heater. Us as people, our negligent behavior can ruin others' lives. The fact that these apartments had a plethora of people living in them like that bothers me. But not only that, the amount of children affected by these crazy choices. You got a man who lost his fiance and all six of the damn kids. How he couldn't save a single one is beyond my understanding. Get y'all some damn batteries to keep on deck. How about this? A fire extinguisher. Because I'm more than positive these two fires could have been put out 
if they actually tried to put them out. Unless you run like old boy who lost his six kids and fiance. Yes, I'm stuck on that. But think about it. No, no one in either of these stores mentioned using a fire extinguisher. That's insane to me. Ladies and gentlemen, we say we love our kids. Let's make sure they grow up in decent living environments, have good living arrangements. Not like these two stores. Let's make sure the living arrangements are safe. Remember, no smoke detector batteries, but they want to blame housing authority. That's y'all fault. No one mentioned using the fire extinguisher. You can probably put that on housing authority, but then you moved to that apartment knowing there wasn't a fire extinguisher in there. Let's not, let's not disregard that. These were not safe living environments for these children. They weren't. These fires could have been avoided or stopped. And it's utterly tragic. I'm so hurt. To to have to have heard these news reports and read these articles, I, I'm I'm totally hurt. I'm baffled. But there you go. My language wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I guess I'm doing better, huh? <laughs> but I got things to do. I got to get up out of here, and I'm pretty sure y'all do too. So I appreciate y'all for listening, and I'm out. Peace.